following is a Matt Attack production for SJP World Media. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Tyler Peters. You may know me from In the Corner, Wrestle Buddy. And as a guest on the old SJP Wrestling Show, I'm here to tell you about a brand new show that I am hosting coming to you via the SJP World Media Network. We're going to go back and review the territory days, modern day wrestling. It's just going to be like a good old fashioned buffet of all you can eat professional wrestling talk coming very soon. And I just wanted to inform everybody about Tyler's takedowns. You don't want to miss it. New show on the SJP World Media Network discussing the old regional territories and modern day professional wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it hot spots. You can call it good old fashioned mat wrestling. But we're going to take a look at it. So stay tuned for more details and information on the SJP World Media Podcasting Network. And I want to thank them for allowing me this great opportunity to host a brand new show, Tyler's Takedowns. Okay, guys, welcome back to the volley um, here on SJP World Media, board people Matt Attack Productions. I am the magnificent Matt Lewis, and I am joined this week by, um, again, my brother from another mother, Mr. Dan Griffin. How are you, sir? Doing very well, mate. Always a pleasure to join you to talk some footy. Uh, sorry we're bringing this a bit later than we normally do to uh, to the listeners. Um, life gets in the way, so I do apologise. <laughs> it's all good. And speaking of life getting in the way... Connor would be with us, but he's currently ducking covering because he's got a hurricane overhead right now where he lives. So we will let him off. <laughs> yeah, as, as reasons go for missing a podcast. We have seen <laughs> as well. It's the rain apparently is the rain is actually horizontal. To quote Family Guy, it's raining sideways. It actually is raining sideways where he's right now in northern Florida. So um I'm gonna be there in ten days' time after recording this as well. <laughs> Hey, I've, I've been in Florida when there's been a hurricane. It was fine. I just got drunk and it was all good. I dare say. I dare say. To be fair, it's fine. Storm's now getting out of the way. Um, also, we are recording this whilst there is an EFL Cup match in, well, actually, a lot of many, few, quite a few in progress, but potential ups on the cards. We might actually be able to give you a live update as we're going through various parts <laughs> of this. Okay, so <clears throat> it's match day three. We have 10 matches to talk about, Dan. We obviously covered one on the volley. Uh, which you can catch obviously on SP World Media uh, over on the YouTube channel, um, which was obviously Newcastle Liverpool. We have plenty to talk to bat towards the end. Um, but um, how about, Mr. Griffin, we get started with the first match of the weekend? Sounds like a plan. Let's go for it. Cause I actually saw some of this one as well, like properly live. <laughs> awesome stuff. Right, Dan. Okay, so the first match of the weekend was um, 
between Chelsea and a team we're actually covering on Friday night, um, which is Luton Town. Um, Mr. Griffin, the five-minute rule is in effect. As always, if we go over five minutes, we move on to the next game. So, Mr. Griffin, Luton versus Chelsea. Go. Got to start with Raheem Sterling. He was back to his his mess, his best. He wasn't a mess. Uh, He was an absolute terror for the first 30 minutes that I saw. Two goals and an assist. That first goal was cutting in off the right to slot it home, just the speed of movement and the purposefulness. It was Sterling back to his best. He's obviously been out of sorts like a lot of the Chelsea team uh, last season, but it was unreal as much as it sticks in my craw after he left Liverpool. Um, got to give credit where it is due. He played a blinding game. I was also very impressed with Nico Jackson. Yes. I think Nico Jackson is going to be an absolute force. He's got all the tools. We saw it in the first game we covered on the Volley Live. The way he puts himself about, he just terrorises defenders. And now he's got the first one. I think this is going to be the floodgates open. Um, I didn't see too much from Luton. They were, they were penned back for a lot of it. They did well well enough defensively for that first 30 minutes. I thought uh, the captain, Lockyer, was was very lucky not to give a penalty away, pulling down Thiago Silva. Um, I'm very impressed with uh, Kaminsky. Uh, the, the scoreline sort of belies his performance. Um, he did very well, saved a good few, saved an absolute rocket from Sterling um, as well. So, going to be a long old season for Luton, but not a terrible performance despite the scoreline. Yeah, they would have definitely been not counting on this for goals and for points. When the features came out, they would have probably written this one off already. Mm. Um, Kaminsky, as you said, uh, he's, I know he didn't put a lot of stock in some of these fan ratings sometimes, but he was the highest rated player in the Luton team which is not a shocker. Um, to be fair, Luton, Luton player-wise, the lowest ranked person was a 5.3, which I mm. think is relatively fair. Um, Chelsea, the lowest ranked player was a 5.8, and that was for Burstow, who I think maybe got a few moments, if that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Sterling was the highest rated player and deservedly got man of a match. Um, again, I've never been the biggest fan of Raheem Sterling since he left Liverpool. The cloud he left under, as far as I was concerned. I think that personally, the fact that he wanted to go to, to another club to actually get first team football and everything after what happened at City, I can't begrudge him that. Although mm. I still be, I stand by what I said. I feel that like he, he could have gone to Newcastle and become a club legend there. Potentially, yeah. To be fair um, as well, though. I still don't go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think it's, it's coming at the right time for Sterling as well with the internationals looming. He's now one of the senior players in the squad. Um, and it's easy to forget just how experienced he is. You know, he's been in this league now for, for over 10 years and he's a member of the Premier League 100 club. We shouldn't be surprised that we're seeing this from him. But it, it, because of Chelsea's season last season, it feels like it's been forever since he showed that kind of form. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm quite impressed with his start to this season. Um, he has publicly said as well that he wants to be the club's top scorer this season. I think Mr. Jackson may have a few words to say about that. And, uh, <laughs> and um, what's his name? Um, <coughs> Cuckoo, once he's fit to play, might have something to say about that. But I like the ambition. I like the competition. It, it, it's what we had when we had um, Sturridge and Suarez and Sterling when we had the three S's. You know, they were all vying for... Uh, for that. Uh, one player I do just want to highlight as well for, for Chelsea was Enzo Fernandez. Um he was unlucky not to bag a couple himself. I uh, thought he had a he had a cracking game. Yeah. And, uh, he did a great game. Yeah, sorry, no, carry on. 
Okay, it's a great game. Thiago Silva again looks looks strong despite his advancing years. Um, really come into himself again. Um, yeah, timeless, timeless play. A bit, a bit like James Milner, um, who just keeps on going and keeps on going at a very high level. Um, later on, it was just a shame that um, that Brown playing for for Luton couldn't compose himself because it would have been nice to get a consolation for them. But hopefully, they saved the uh, the first Premier League goal for uh, for us this weekend. Yeah, to be fair, Ryan Giles, I thought, um, yeah, yeah, he tested Sanchez in the goal. It's yes. Weird, it's weird seeing someone from the sticks that isn't Kepa or Mendy, to be fair, but it's been so long since someone else has been in there. Um, but yeah, oh, and the time is almost up. to anything else to add, Dan? Uh, no, nothing from me. Okay, so more of the same, please, from Chelsea and Luton. Keep going, you get points, for sure. Yeah. So then, Daniel, let's get mm. cracking with the Saturday fixtures. We had six this week. We had plenty to get our teeth into. Indeed, we had six on the Saturday. We, we've got another three on Sunday, which we'll obviously come to. But Dan, let's get cracking first with, Born, as this in America, Bournemouth versus Tottenham. <laughs> oh. Right, so um, it, first off with Bournemouth, it was very cool to see a, a Clive back in the Premier League. Uh, with Justin, it was. Uh, I just hope he does his. Oh, I get my teeth in. I just hope he does better than his uh, than his father did at Newcastle back in the day. Um, I'm gonna just get it out of the way early. I think it's going to be a theme for the season. I thought Pape Sarr had another fantastic game. Uh, it was a beautiful ball for him to uh, to pick up Madison for the first goal and tidy finish, uh, by the way, as well with uh, from Madison. I just continue to be so so impressed with uh, with Pape Sarr. Departments. Um, I don't know if you want to jump in on there on that as well. Um, well, we we were very much on the uh, Pepe Sar bandwagon when we saw him. Then we saw him single-handedly dismantle Manchester United a couple of weeks ago on the volley. Mm. Um, not every Tottenham fan actually rates him. I know if I've got a, I know a couple of Tottenham fans at work who who want him, who want them to get rid of him. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> Seeing as he's one of the best things in their team right now, he can he can come to Liverpool. <laughs> we could do it, really. sure. but, yeah. but yeah, for context, um, if you're going by that rating system, um, he was the ninth best player for Tottenham on the day. What? The only people below him were Kulishevsky, who scored, um, Vicario, Poro, Loselso, Davis, Skip, and Richarlison. Richardson <laughs> was the worst player for Tottenham on the day, according to the fans, by nearly a whole point. I mean, I can see that. Did you see his, his, his comedy attempt at finishing uh, on a, for the counter attack that that Papesar started um, after the foul on on Semenya? I have to say as well, sorry for Bournemouth um, side of things. Yeah, really do like the look of Semenya. There is a hell of a player there, um, and Clivert looked lively down one of the wings with those two. On either wing, that that should be some real encouragement for uh, for Bournemouth. Um, I just don't think we're seeing Bournemouth at full strength yet. They've this is sort of a point that was raised on uh, on match of the day that they've spent sort of nearly fifty million pounds on Tyler Adams and Alex Scott, and they're both not due back from injury for for quite a while. Yeah, I mean they've I mean they're still battling away, but they they're signing injured players now. That is somewhat of a risk, I know. 
I mean, I know many years ago, Liverpool had the chance to sign Dembar and said no because of an injury in the medical. and But then he signed for Chelsea the next day, something like, well, what's going on here sort of thing. Mm. And well, as a Liverpool fan, we look at Aquilani. Well, 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 yes. Um, there are, you know, I wouldn't be too worried if I was Bournemouth, seeing as how Tottenham ripped May night apart last week. Um, but um, Bournemouth don't want to get sucked into a relegation battle this early on. But having said that, the third game for them last season uh, was a 9-0 defeat. Uh, <laughs> so comparatively, it was a 2-0 defeat. I think they'll take that. But bear in mind, they were quite... They were they were lackluster against Liverpool. Well, last week, to be fair, they, 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 they got the goal, they wanted to work, but then did nothing with it. And even right. when they had the man advantage, they actually... But the second best team still, it was a, it was an odd one. Yeah, um, I did like as well for Tottenham. Uh, Destiny Adoji uh, was impressive again. You, I did, you, I, you got man crushing a bit, haven't you? Him and Sarah, I think they're both they're both coming into the league really well. Um, and those wings for um, for Spurs when you have got Kulusevski and Poro on one side, Adoji and Son on the other. Uh, but it was it was Adoji who um, played a, a sort of one two with Son. And really had to battle to get the ball back across. And Kulusevski was busting a gut to finish it ahead of uh, of Lloyd Kelly. Um, there is Ange Postecoglou has got Spurs fit. He's got the firing, and I think he's more than anything else. I think he's got them actually working for each other and and willing to to go that extra mile and bust a gut to get there uh, and and make it happen. There seems to be a real hunger in this Spurs team now that maybe wasn't there before. That's what you want. You need hunger when you're fighting at the bottom. And to be fair, Tottenham are now joint second in the league. Um, with several teams up there now, to be fair. Um, I am looking forward to seeing what happens, both these sides. But we are, of course, racing towards the end of the five-minute mark. Anything else to add for Bournemouth or Tottenham, sir? Uh, for, but for Tottenham, Perisic may be lucky to be just booked after the collision with Aaron's when it looked like he hit him in the face. Hmm. Yes, um, yes, be more careful next time, Perisic. Right, so, on to the next game, which I believe is Arsenal, sir. Yeah, it is. Okay, so, Arsenal v Fulham, sir. Yeah, the uh, the one that always gives us an, an amusing, childish uh, abbreviation for arseful or full ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist it. Um, the quorum, sir. The state the of quorum. the quorum. Fine, then I'll go on to the state of the team that uh, that Arteta put out. This felt very much like a Pep Guardiola overthink, um, with party in the back line again, playing Trossard as the false nine. It just it didn't feel like it, Arteta was giving Fulham full respect. Uh, to be quite honest, playing. Some of the B team, I don't blame the likes of Tierney going out on loan from Arsenal when you can't start at full back and be on Thomas Party. Um, Saka did his best uh, Trent impression. Uh, but, well, before we even played, to be fair, giving the ball away softly. It was a very nice uh, finish by Pereira for the season's quickest goal so far at 57 seconds. Ramsdale very, uh, very much caught in no man's land, which, uh, which wasn't the best look. And Fulham started very strongly. Um, they're coming into their own a little bit. We were worried about their sort of firepower. Um, Jimenez, if he'd have scored that overhead kick, 
would have been an absolute goal of the season contender. It was a very sort of tentative back and forth first half, really, I think. Yeah. Um, even as someone that we had flagged up last week about, you know, Shadow is for myself, starting to look back to his best a little bit in this game, wasn't he? He's he was, he was starting to look exciting again. Yeah. Well, there's a bit of, a bit of familiarity there as well that we saw in the second, particularly in the second half, with um, Adama Traore coming on. Hmm. Um, a very good signing for uh, for a club like Fulham. I think he's a player that's always sort of on the cusp. But you know, if he could just sort his end product out, his power and his his pace are just incredible. But if he could just add that that a little bit of extra quality to his final ball, he could you know he could have been an all time talent. Um, so yeah, he's a he's a good signing for Fulham. Um, one that's not worked out well so far. Is uh, Calvin Bassey, yes, booked, yeah, booked for time wasting, and then a very cynical sort of silly body check for his second yellow on his uh, on his full home debut isn't isn't great to be honest. Um, away, away debut, buddy. Uh, away, away debut. Sorry, <laughs> it's been a long week all the way already. It's only Wednesday. <laughs> uh, I have to say as well, somebody for Arsenal coming on who who has impressed so far is uh, is Fabio Vieira. Yes, he's looked very likely as sort of a super sub, and it was a a stonewall penalty um, for the, you know the challenge on him. Uh, Saka made up for his earlier miss, and then uh, I believe it was uh, Vieira with the assist for uh, for Enketi to tap in later. Yes, um, it was. Bearing in mind how quickly um, Arsenal went behind, they gave the quite well. And Fabio uh, Fabio Vieira. They signed him last season, I thought. They paid a lot of money for him and not nothing with him, sort of thing. So I was mm. hoping this year they would. And they have, obviously. Um, and he very much, at times, looked like Vieira of the old Vieira, as it were. <laughs> yeah, uh, a bit of a namesake going on. Indeed, indeed. But, that, but that's good, because you need someone who actually will actually put a blood and fund attack win for the club. Mm. Um, Saka, got a lot of time for him, of course. Um, he um, obviously picked up the um, PFA Young Player of the Year award. The same time that the same award that Erling Haaland was up for, he won the overall award for Player of the Year, but he didn't <laughs> win Young Player of the Year. I'm like, did he have a better year than? Well, they had to pick one or the other, and who, who was going to beat Haaland to the top award? Um, well, well, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing you see. They have given it out on many occasions to both people. Arthur? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Ronaldo, uh, Andy Gray, the, the sexist pig back in the day as well. Mm. So I'm surprised. I mean, don't go on. I'm happy it's like I won the award. But I'm thinking, like, did he have a better year than Haaland? Um, he no. did have a very good season. Um, he did have a good season, for sure. But didn't have a better one than Haaland, that's for sure. Yeah, um, and just a bit complacent from Arsenal, really. You know, they could have seen a seen out the game but uh, game out yeah man advantage yeah but what a finish with the from Polina off the call oh beautiful I've no idea I dug that out just just really nicely stroked it really weak defending from Arsenal Um, so I think it's a a point stone for Fulham and two drop for Arsenal really absolutely now we move on that was slick It's also worth pointing out that um, Chelsea just equalised in that uh, League Cup game, by the way, Dan. Oh, um, balls. Both sides scoring a penalty each. 
Well, I'm watching Doncaster versus Everton and it's still nil nil after 33 and a half minutes. Well, I've heard Doncaster, of course. I think we're just getting, getting a re- we're getting something live on on the on the uh, on the news feed now. And oh my goodness, who's number eight nowadays? Oh. I mean, obviously, new, that's Forest v Burnley. I said Burnley just blasted over from like way out. I like their new um, way to Burnley. It's, uh, it's like some kind of um, goalkeeper's shirt. Um, so, with that being said, who is next? Who is Brentford next? versus Palace? I do believe Brentford versus Palace is next. Yes, absolutely. So, we're five minutes on the clock, sir. Take it away. The first Premier League fixture where all five uh, where all of the first five meetings have ended in draws. Wow. <laughs> so, if you're ever going to put a bet on, it's for this fixture to end in a draw. That's, um, that's the pub quiz question right there. It really is. Um, very impressed again with uh, with Palace's defending, uh, as it was last week. This Brentford attack, we waxed lyrical about, um, you know, Burmo, Visa, and now Sharda, who scored a fantastic goal, superb solo effort, they're cutting in from the left. Um, yeah. But Palace did incredibly well to, um, uh, to nullify that. Um, there's a lot to like about this Palace side. I saw it last week watching the, the game against Arsenal. And one player that's, that's sticking out to me is Jordan Ayew. Yeah. He works so damn hard, really industrious, leaves everything on the pitch, looks like he'd run through a brick wall for Roy Hodgson. And very much like Traore, he's just an improvement on his end product away from being a fantastic player. I've questioned so often just looking at team sheets, you know, why is he there? And you look at the raw stats. But actually taking the time to watch Palace so far this season, I do get it. I do fully get it. Um, and on the Brentford side, a keeper, a player I was, I was impressed with was the keeper, uh, Mark Flecken. Based yeah. on that game, I don't think Brentford are going to miss uh, David Raya too much. Yeah, but he, he wasn't um, really tested until... Um... Um, he had to make an excellent double save um, from uh, from Ed from uh, Edward free kick. Um, yeah, uh, but he was there when he needed to be, absolutely. and that's the mark of a good keeper. And he was, and he was ranked the best Brentford player as well this season. And um, um, has he been linked with Man City? Um, mm. But but mm. again. But people got to remember, do you, but bearing in mind, they also were trying to. I mean, at least they was linked with Chelsea, and he turned them down. Will as they go? I don't think so. Not not this late in the window, and City have, have just about wrapped up Mateus Nunes. They uh, have. It's still been confirmed today, but you'd like to think that that wouldn't that would mean that no one would move on. But we've seen some people do it. But deadline day would be a. Yeah, it would be dangerous. I mean, we're recording this on the Wednesday. That on day is literally forty-eight hours from now. Mm. Forty, actually, actually, it is. It is exactly uh, forty-nine, uh, fifty hours and twenty twenty-three minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see it happening though. I mean, Palace are in a very good position, much like they're doing with Czech Dukure and, and Liverpool. Those links, they can command high fees for these players. You know, Olise was was a target because his contract was running down, and he decided to sign a new one, which I think is a great move. In Eze, Olise, uh, Decore, that's the core of a really bloody good midfield for Palace. So they do not want to let them go cheap. And Brighton have, have kind of shown the way uh, in recent times for clubs getting the most out of out of the selling. 
So I don't see it happening. Um, one player that I wouldn't be surprised to see linked with a move at some point is uh, Joachim Anderson. But on that note, I've, I've been really impressed with him last season and again this season. He looks a very, very well-rounded centre-back. But I was so surprised to see him breaking into the box with a one-two and nutmegging, uh, nutmegging flecking on the stretch uh, to score on it, the equaliser on his 100th appearance. That was an incredible goal for a centre-back. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Talk about marking the occasion. It yeah. was, uh, it was fabulous. It, I was very pleased. Um, it's, it's always nice to see good goals, though, isn't it, Dan? It is, yeah. And it, I, it didn't work out for him at Liverpool, as we said before. But I, I like to see Roy Hodgson do well. He's just, he's, he's just impossible to dislike. And uh, I, I really like the, the football he's got Palace playing this season. I think they look, uh, I think they look very good. Uh, I still think it'll be mid-table for them, but if they're going to get mid-table or slightly above playing like that, then then brilliant. Yeah, we don't want, um, you know, we we I don't I, I don't begrudge Roy Hodgson that I like Roy Hodgson, you know, but I also fully understand that it didn't work out. He was the right person at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the that's the way to put it. Um, oh, and just as we're running down to the um, the end of the five minutes, uh, been quite impressed with uh, with Nargard in the centre of the park for Brentford as uh, for Brentford. Yes, yes, he's been he's been quite impressive, and long may um, long may he continue to develop because we uh, we want to see more from him. Okay, Daniel. Next, yes, Matthew. Then, thank you. <laughs> Uh, the next one up, I believe, is... is oh, it's, it's a difficult game for us to talk about. Um, let's, let's talk about Everton Wolves, sir. Uh, five minutes of laughter again? Is it... <laughs> no, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll try and retain some sort of professionalism. A friend, um, our, friend, our good friend of ours, James, who is from Wolverhampton, he um, must have been absolutely pissing himself with this one. He must have done. I know. I said last week that there was more to come from from the Wolves' attack. You know, after they got trounced, but I don't know how they didn't lose this game five nil. Um, Jose Sarr was a monster in goal, absolutely incredible. Pulled off at least two double saves that I recall seeing. Um, there was offside goals all over the place. I think Everton had two called for offside. And uh, Fabio Silva had one called offside for Wolves. Um, Mario Lamina actually looked pretty impressive for Wolves in the middle of the park. Yeah. But just Everton's attack, they could not find that net for love and money. I think uh, Dan Juma sent one wide that he should have done better with the aforementioned double save from Jose Sarr. Dan Juma, again, could have uh, could have had one very early on. So, you know, he could have had two in the first half. When he, he was onside as well, it was... It was just an incredible display of a lack of finishing, really. Um, it does make me think that, as much as we said, as I said, there's more to come from Wolves. I think there's there's got to be more to come from Everton. If you're losing 1-0, but having that much good play and that many shots on goal, it's only a matter of time before one goes in and the floodgates open. I know I've used that phrase a couple of times already, but it, it stands to reason. We've seen it before. Sorry, we listen back to this. Make that a shirt. Seriously, which by the way you can check out in the uh, in the store right now over at <laughs> HP World Media on Team Public. Um, but that aside, see, I've looked through some of the stats for this, and 
the three lowest ranked players for Spurs, for for Everton are Cannon and Keane, which we both came on the ninety first minute, so that's not fair. Mm. Um and uh and uh Idris Gay, who was on the whole game. That, that that's fair enough. That's he got a four point oh seven. Um compare that with the Wolves side of things. Um um Kaladazic, um if that's right, is it? I'm trying to pronounce the name right. Kaladic, who who scored the winner. Yeah, he got he got eight point three. Um <laughs> these these fan ratings are, are a laugh. To be fair, he was the left on the pitch that day. Um Lamina got a seven, you know, Jose Sar got a seven and a half. The lowest ranked person for Wolves was a six point two, which is still more than any Everton player got by a country mile, which was Dan Juma with a four point seven. Jose Sar should have been given nine out of ten. He was Fabulous, and he's the reason that that Wolves could go on to win that game. He was the foundation. He was the the sort of the last the last bastion <laughs> keeping yeah. him in it. Yeah, but hey, it worked. It worked. And 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 I, I do like Huang as well. I like him a lot, quite a lot. But what yeah. did Everton? What what did Everton do here? What does and apart from Hannah's noticing, what does um, <laughs> what does he do? What does Dice do? He has to hope that this uh, this new young lad of San Chermity who's getting his debut up top tonight as we speak and uh, and better who's coming in, who's in the squad again tonight. He has to hope they hit the ground running and, and actually can hit a cow's ass with a banjo and, and get the and get the ball in the back of the net because that at the minute is what is what the is the what they're lacking. You know, I can't off the top of my head recall Everton being demolished this season. Um not yet. Not yet, no. You know, one will come. They'll they'll come along at a Man City or an Arsenal or a Liverpool or you know or Spurs, who you know can put could do that to anybody on any given day. But I will just say for context right now, I know you've got it on your screen, Dan. The Everton possession right now is fifty-seven percent possession, but they've had one shot. Yeah, not on target. Doncaster five, not on target. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We better just wrap this one up quickly. Um, any, anything to say regarding... Um, oh, Doncaster have just scored. You're kidding. Doncaster have just scored. It's on my screen right now, just before half-time. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is bad to worse, so far as everyone is concerned. Yes, it's on my screen now as well. Uh, bad to worse for Everton. And it's going to get worse next weekend. I've forgotten who they've got next weekend. Uh, off the top of my head. It's Sheffield United away. Uh, tough Difficult game. game. Yeah, Wolves play Palace, but um, that's it. Right, Dan, next game up. Manchester United versus Nottingham Forest. This, um, well, we saw like a house of fire, didn't it? It really did. Um, Nottingham Forest, just wow. Uh, Tyler Awanai, first Forest player to score seven in a row, uh, in seven games in a row. Um, Actually, the start of the game, there was a really nice snapshot by Anthony that led to a corner. Uh, but funnily enough, that's the one I, I and I broke from. He just he had showed power and pace and then a really cheeky, sort of calm, delayed finish. Um, and it just goes to show what happens, that goal, when you have uh, when you have your uh, your strikers defending. Because it was Rashford trying to track back. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, the stinted mock of Rashford there is not the best for the defending. But to go two down in four minutes, 
Yeah, and the, but the second one is the second goal is hilarious. It, you know, there's two minutes seventeen seconds between the goals, and and the corner comes in, and it just it hits Bolly in the face. It it really does just hit him in the face off the free kick uh, from Gibbs White, and, and and goes in. It's it's terribly unlucky for for Man United, but but also very funny. And I'll just a quick mention for Gibbs White as well. How good has he looked since coming into this Forest team? Yeah. Um, even even potential um, call. Oh, that was nearly two 0 for Doncaster. It might still be. Sorry. Um, even a shout for Gibbs White to uh, to be called up for the next England squad. I know that. I know that when you were at Arsenal, a lot of players, a lot of people were championing um, how good Gibbs White was coming through the academy. My brother um, was was very much for it. Um, oh Christ. Just what I'm just seeing that replay there and <laughs> evidence someone get it away, not quite sure how. Um yeah, it's um Matt Turner could he have done better for the uh, first goal? Quite possibly. I'm I'm struggling now to remember what the uh, what the first goal was. Was that uh, the, it was uh, Eric, the tapping in from the from the cross. Yeah, um from Rashford. Just before that, lovely work from Rashford down the left, just keep him there. That's where he does his best work. Um, he, he could have potentially, but I think the speed the ball came across and, and the angle that Ericsson managed to uh, to deflect the ball in it, it was a very it was a very clever finish. So he maybe could have done better, but I'm, I'm not going to hold that one too much against him. Um, think just looking at some of the chances United had, though, how did Casemiro miss that header in front of an open goal? Because he's getting on a bit, and he's a center, and he's a defensive midfielder, not a striker. Um, Fair point. <laughs> and but the thing is, see, they are extremely weak in the middle of the park. Man United at the moment, they've got yeah. Mount. They've been a lot of money on him. He's out injured. Luke Shaw is out injured still. Um, Hoysland, their new star striker, hasn't made his debut because he's injured. Um, Anthony on the right, his end product was more disappointing than a virgin on a on a date with, with Rod Stewart. Yeah, me. <laughs> Yeah, it, well, you know, jury's out on Anthony's just not been a good signing so far. Um, somebody who did look a bit more back to his best was was Bruno Fernandez. Annoyingly, I, I do not like him, but on his day, he's an incredible player. Um, I did quite like the convoluted free kick routine, uh, yeah. the, the tapping that Casemiro did score. <laughs> I thought that was quite nice. You know, pinning out to Rashford, beating the offside trap, nodding it down. That that was. Very, very pleasing on the eye. Um, yeah, Rafford definitely looked better out on the wing now. He he had he certainly looked more attacking minded last week. Uh, I will say that um, Anti Martial looked ineffective. The fact that when Sancho came on for him, Sancho was through the middle and not didn't put Rashford there afterwards. That's quite telling. Um, well, I think everybody's everybody's known for so long that Rashford is best on the left. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we end up seeing Rashford leave and head up, head up to the black and white stripes at some point. I'll be brutally mm, honest. Maybe, um, maybe. Um, so, where, what's, what, what next for Forrest? Forrest? Forrest are playing some good football and they'll be fine. I'm sure they will be. Uh, United, do, any more transfer business for you reckon, before we in a window? They, they need to. Um they Have they got the money to spend, though? They've spent a lot of money already. I don't think so, but it looks like they're sticking with Maguire. Um, they, they bought Anana, 
they bought Mount and they bought Hoysland. That's I reckon that's close to get close to two hundred millions worth. Yeah, um, they've not invested wisely this window. I don't think, although and, Anana and not potentially. Sold. Yeah, let the high be for free. It's going to be a difficult season for them, and Forest have got four uh-huh. coming, <laughs> and that'll end it. I mean, quite so exhaustive of that, anyway. <clears throat> oh, well. Right, on to the, um, on to the late game from Saturday now, Dan. Um, this was a game which turned a few heads and raised some eyebrows. Mm. In a good way, though, Dan. Take it away, Brighton West Ham. Yeah, Brighton West Ham. West Ham's, uh, or David Moyes, I think, uh, first victory over Brighton and Hove Albion at the 13th attempt. I did not expect to see this kind of football from a David Moyes team. I've got to be honest. Um, the counter attacks were so slick, so quick. Um, I think particularly the uh, the second goal when you've got Mikel Antonio in the left wing back position, pinging it forward to Ben Rama, switching it across to Bowen, who his first touch. This is going to sound hyperbolic and ridiculous, but his first touch to bring that ball down just had a little hint of Ronaldinho about it. Um, I'm not saying Bowen's as good as Ronaldinho. I will see that. I will raise you Dennis Bergkamp in the World Cup against Argentina. Yeah, fair. Which is probably the best bit of Borgs I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. God, Bergkamp was good. Um, yes, he really, really, really was. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more and more and more and more annoyed about War Prowse down now. What that Lee didn't go that with Liverpool didn't get him. I'm very annoyed about it because I was saying that Ward Prowse would be a good sign of Liverpool, and people know he can't hack it. He couldn't. He's, you know, he's a one-trick pony. He's a free kick that's all he's done. Well, he scored. He scored. He's got. He's, he's got like he's been three, four goal involvements already in his in his first two games. And if you if you, if you if you watch that first goal as well, the, the move all starts with Ward with Ward Prowse. It's a bit of a hit and hook ball forward. But Mikel Antonio uses his strength, uses his pace, and, and he gets, he wins it back. And Ward Prowse is the one there who's just powering up the pitch to be in a position to score. Isn't it you know, wonderful? It, it, was, it was brilliant. It was great to see. And Mikel Antonio continues to just impress, you know, a guy who's West Ham's top scorer, who I think I mentioned this last week. West Ham's top Premier League scorer didn't start playing striker until he was 30. Absolutely insane. I've got a lot of time for him as a, as a footballer. Really do like him. And what really amazes me about this game is that Brighton have been playing great football all season long. All, well, all season long. And last season, yeah. Exactly. They've been playing good football for a couple of good seasons now. Graham Potter started it and now um, um, Derby carried it on. Um, this was shock. Um, not that we, not, I mean, West Ham played some good football, don't get me wrong. I was shocked to see Brighton go down like this. It really was. And, and so just back on Antonio for a second, for the third yeah. West Ham goal, that um, that sort of shimmy in the drop of the shoulder to open up space for the strike, that was incredible. Um, and keeping Pakatar, I think, providing the uh, no ban comes down for the betting activity, is going to be huge for West Ham. Um, it looks a fantastic player. Um, it, it, Brighton work without at the moment. Um, Evan Ferguson looks a hell of a player up top. Yes, he, he's still only young, but I think he's on course for, for greatness. Some of his play up top it, again, it, just a great combination of, of, of strength and speed. 
Uh, he looked fantastic. I've got, uh, I've got a lot of time for Verbruggen in goal as well. Um, um, I know he had, didn't have his best game, but I like him. Yeah, um, Ariola at the other end as well for uh, for West Ham. He played a blinder to keep Brighton down to one goal. A couple of we've seen some really good goalkeeping dis- displays this weekend, uh, this past weekend. The, Ariola again had a couple of really good saves to keep Brighton to one goal. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For context, the stats are twenty-five shots, twenty-five shots for Brighton, ten on target, twelve mm-hmm. for West Ham, seven on target, seventeen corners Brighton had. Yeah, that's so it's, a it's, game of football. That's this was a good game of football to watch as a neutral. I tell you, I was going to say it's not like Brighton played badly. For context, though, West Ham won three-one with twenty-two percent possession. That feels like when Burnley beat Liverpool with eighteen percent possession two 0 That may be the lowest percentage win ever. Um, since then, anyway, for certain. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you can play that way, brilliant. You know, solid in defence, clinical in attack. There, yeah, there's more than yeah, one way to win up, a football match. Up and then, yeah, reminds you of Sunderland against um against Man, against Man City. That goal from G and the goalkeeper, he's done it. Um, yeah. Literally, only only attack of a game was that. Was that goal? That was it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Brighton will come back from this, no question. But West Ham, for a little while at least, we're top of the league. Yeah, we'll just see what happens with both teams as they go into Europe. Indeed, indeed. And that will do us, then, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. Right, Dan. We go on now to the Sunday games. And we are going to start with the Battle of the Claret and Blue Clubs. We're going to start with Burnley versus Villa. Shall we? You kick us off, sir. Didn't Catholic money on the oh, right? On that's the right that's hand a side. joke. Shut up. <laughs> oh, we love you, Tanner. We do, um, Tanner. We love you. Matty Cash, two goals within the first, I think, within the first 10 minutes, first quarter of an hour. Which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, great ball across from Watkins, who again just didn't give up. It, it, there's again been a lot of this. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but very tenacious run from Watkins to make it f- for that ball. Ball and play across for Cash. Uh, caught Trafford in two minds a little bit. Um, just actually quickly again, Trafford, despite the scoreline, I think he, he had a good game. It could have been a lot worse, but for absolutely him, absolutely could have been worse. Yeah. Um, there was a really nice one-two between Matty Cash and Diaby for Cash's second goal. And Joachim Anderson got one goal on his 100th appearance uh, for Palace. Cash got his 100th... Uh, Cash got his second on his second goal on his 100th appearance uh, for Villa. I butchered that sentence, but it was nearly there. You know what I'm driving at. <laughs> I do know what you're getting at, yeah. It is all good on that side of things. Um, Burnley will have... Um, We'll, we'll get points on the board. I don't think they've got a single point on the board yet, but no. it's not. It's not for the lack of trying. They're they're they're, they're really trying hard. Uh, Villa bouncing back beautifully. They continue their bounce back beautifully from that from that fashion until the opening day of the season, which um, mm. I I did set start the season. I thought Villa would do well this year with the signings they made, and maybe I'm guessing based on performance for the last two weeks that it was just the the occasion. Or maybe it was going to St. James' Park. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what it was. But there seems to be they seem to have got their act together. 
And they really do. And you talk about those signings. Um, Diaby looked fantastic again. Back-to-back away goals in his first two away games for Villa. A great long-range finish and, as I said, the assist for uh, for Mighty Cash. He looked some player and I was impressed with uh, with Zaniolo when he came on. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what what can you what can you say um, about what Emery's done without Villa team? But this is not. This, I mean, he, he puts made some good signings for sure. I still say getting to them on a free with a bit with a blinding bit of business. I mean, I know he's getting on a bit now, but he can still perform. Mm, but Emery's, Emery's done what Emery's done for the majority of his career. But, um, I don't think he had a, a terrible time at Arsenal. Um, but you know, his stints with Sevilla have shown what a, what a great coach he is, a great manager he is. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's absolutely no shame in anybody losing to uh, to an Unai Emery side. No, no, and it, it was it was odd seeing uh, seeing Villa line up with three at the back. It was well, it's no wonder that Cash is now bombing forward more, and um, seeing Luca Dinya actually getting a lot more time in left wing back now. Because I remember Gerard signing him, um, and I thought, I said, I said every time, that's a good signing. Mm. Um, unfortunately, Dale didn't do much with him. Uh, so Emery's getting the best out of him now, which with him on one side and Cash on the other, it should be good. Uh, I've got to admit, it's a little odd seeing Watkins doing the assist work for his fullback. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, and is the only thing that matters in the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, quick mention on the Burnley front uh, for yeah. Lyle Foster, uh, his first Premier League goal. He showed great strength to block uh, block Pau Torres and just you know to get that finish on the turn. It was an absolute, like I said, an absolute rocket. And that was only ninety seconds into the second half, and that really flustered Villa. Uh, they were flustered early on in that half, and towards the end of the game, Jay Rodriguez was was unlucky not to to bag a consolation goal. Had a couple of very good efforts. Uh, much like we said uh, last week, there is more to come from Burnley. They, they will pick up points. They will indeed. Uh, they've had some tricky games, um, but they'll come good. Hmm. Mainly because they've got to, if I want to say up. Well, yeah, true. But you know, easy to forget as well that this is Burnley's second game as opposed to Villa's third after the yes, they were, postponement. The game of Luton was postponed, of course. The next game they've got is... Uh, is home to Tottenham next weekend. So, Oof. Tottenham, who are on the rampage, but Burnley won points. Burnley need points. So, I imagine that'll be a, a tough old game. Villa, go to Anfield next weekend. We're going to smash them. That'll be an interesting game. Be an interesting game it will. Them. High quality game, I think, as well. Well, this is it. We're looking for, so, yeah, looking forward to that one for sure. Um, quick, uh, what? Good luck to all those teams for next week, for sure. Right, Dan. Um, shall we? Let's go. Let's go talk about uh, one of the promoted sides who almost produced a shock result against the champions. Sheffield United. My word, they were a team of absolute bloody warriors in the, uh, for the vast majority of that game. We praised it last week. It was another good performance from West Fodringham. Uh, slightly unlucky um, to concede the penalty uh, for the handball against John Egan. It is the letter of the law. I understand that. But how are you, where else are you meant to put your, your arm when, you, when you're sliding like that? 
It's, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bypass that. It didn't matter anyway, though, because Haaland missed it. His first ever missed penalty in the Premier League. It was the atmosphere at Bramall Lane sounded incredible. It did. As well. it was great. I wonder if a combination of that and the absence of, uh, of Guardiola was maybe why we saw a uh, slightly deflated Manchester City side. Yeah. Now, I have a bit of a problem with this um, game. Um, not because of what happened in the game, you know, what happened, what happened sort of thing. It was how it was reported by the media. This was reported mm. Pep Guardiola's 200th win in charge of Manchester City. In, wasn't there. In the league. But he wasn't fucking there. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it, 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 it did say, and I'm quoting here from the British Broadcasting Corporation website, uh, the league was... Guardiola's 200 Premier League victory as City Manager in just his 269th game. The quickest any boss has reached 200 wins in English top flight history. Although he was absent from the touchdown and coming from back surgery, he's been pulling the strings from afar in recent days. Um, it's also the first time that City won the first three games since the Spaniards' first season in charge back in 2016 2017. Wow. Well, that's an amazing stat. Um, it is. He wasn't fucking there. <laughs> he wasn't. He, wasn't, he, may, he may have said, "This is what you do," sort of thing. Do as I would do. But let's face it, I could manage that city team against Sheffield United and get a result. Well, I don't know. The city, uh, Sheffield United. They, I don't know if they, you know, they stepped up past the means or if they're just showing the true selves. They were. They were just so resolute in defence. They really were. It was maybe not a lot going forward until later in the game. Yeah, but. You know, it, it was a real credit to him, and not only that, but to go one behind, to go one down. Yeah. Um, yes, Sheffield uh, United did go one down, didn't they? They did. They did. But they yeah, also, and then, and then uh, to come Harlan back, was, Harlan was Harlan had a shocker up until his goal. Um, he missed the penalty, hit the post, and that's a miss. It wasn't saved. He mm. missed. That's the thing. I always hate when people say, "Oh, oh, he missed the penalty." No, it was saved. He missed the target. Yeah, he did. It was a hell of a header, though, from the Grealish cross. He, uh, he just powered it home with, with, I think, the pen, sort of pent-up frustration. We nearly saw another screamer on the Sheffield United side from uh, from Gustavo Hamer. We did indeed. We did indeed. Um, which was great. I think the only other couple of things I have to say is um, the uh, it was a lovely finish uh, by Bogle to Sheffield United's uh, goal with their first shot on target. But imagine if it had been Trent who back heeled like Walker did in the uh, to to sort of bring about all that build up. He would have been absolutely crucified. Absolutely, he would have been. I want to I want to also just dip into the the comments section on the beast website here. Um, oh, okay. Abracadabra um, message in the day the high demand for holding midfielders. If Rice and Casido are worth a hundred million, Rodri's worth three hundred. I won't quite go that far, but he is very good. Like what? Three hundred million for Rodri's not worth fifty p. And a... not finish, not finish the rest of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Rod, Rodri stepped up very well already this season in the absolute. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. means like Cathy, but he's not worth three hundred million. But no well, player's worth that sort of money. To be fair, either. I'd argue. I'd argue no player's really worth a hundred million, I except guess. obviously they are to the clubs. You know, but most salary aside. Um. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. 
But um, City marched on the top of the league, 100% record so far, but they'll have harder games for sure. Uh, most notably, of course, uh, this coming weekend, of course, they are going to be away at West Ham. Uh, big game for West Ham, but well, that will see how they're getting on. Yeah, a lot um, of interesting games coming up this week. Eh? Uh, this week. Indeed, and Sheffield United, of course, will be uh, will be away at Tottenham. So we'll see how they get on on that side of things. But Dan, it's time to do the last game of the weekend. <laughs> This was the volley commentary game for this weekend. This was Newcastle United versus Liverpool. Our commentary is out there for this. Um, and it was full of incident, Dan, wasn't it? I would just like to start by saying Darwin Nunes. Fucking hell. <laughs> what an absolute boy. What what a cameo appearance. Uh, to everyone before... out there who, who laughed in my face for um naming him not only at, in, in my starting eleven, but also for uh, making him my captain, uh can go far. <laughs> I'll see you I later then. I was right. <laughs> what can I say? You were. Um but before we get to the uh, his antics at the end of the game, um I've seen it. I've seen it referred to in the title of the latest episode of Rest Is Football as the uh, the Battle of Saint James's Park, which I think is doing a bit of a disservice to the Liverpool players because yes, Trent got a yellow card early on. Yeah. Um, but I think I read somewhere that it was four or five new Newcastle players who all committed four or more fouls each, and yet they only ended the game with one booking. Mm. That seems to me to be a deficiency in the refereeing. Yes. Graham, um, chat, Graham, who's in the chat with us live, said it was after their 10th foul they actually got a yellow card. Yeah, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, referees are against Liverpool uh, or anything like that. It, it, it was just a, a very inconsistent the, performance. The bookings that were handed out to Liverpool were more than fair. Yeah. We, we even said at the time that the red card given to Van Dyke was fair. Absolutely. Because he takes the leap, he takes because when he got his red card, um, he took the standing leg beforehand. He's got to go for that. Now it was yeah. he only got one game ban because it was a, it was dying a goal scoring opportunity. It wasn't violent conduct he was dismissed for. Now that is fine, but now he's now he's got an FA charge for swearing at the official. And mm. to be fair, as captain of your club, that doesn't give you exemption from those regulations. No, no, he's brought that on himself. Absolutely. So if he gets a longer ban for that, then he absolutely deserves the book thrown him for that. And I will happily stand there and say that. I won't be happy about it, but I'll accept it because there is now a core group who will step up. And, well, a lot of people were scared to death when Joe Gomez came on um, for Luis Diaz, who'd had a bright start um, mm-hmm. before that. But he, um, people, some people said, I'm terrified Joe Gomez he comes on. We went. Joe Gomez had had everything under control, didn't he? He did. Uh, Joe Gomez came on, acquitted himself well um, after a shaky first twenty minutes. Uh, following the red card, Trent Alexander Arnold stepped up admirably as a member of the leadership team and vice captain, and calmed um, himself down as well. Yeah, uh, moving away from from Liverpool for a second, um, I gave Anthony Gordon my man of the match uh, because on balance of play. And for the length of time on the, he was on the pitch, he was. Uh, Newcastle looked a very different team after he went off. 
Uh, that was Eddie Howe, I think, doing us a favour, uh, to be quite frank. What uh, amazed me what amazed me was some of Eddie Howe's changes because and I've and I've watched granted an Irish um an Irish bookmakers, I'm not gonna name who they are, but you can think who they are, an Irish bookmaker who um likes doing um spoofs and all that sort of thing about uh, dramatic readings of, of social medias. Um, mm. they um they ripped this game apart because the fact of the matter is is that no Newcastle fan understood why he was making those changes. And he took off Gordon, he took off three players. What was he saving them for? It was the third game of the season, the Champions League hasn't started yet. And they no. made changes. They brought we brought on they brought on Jota, they brought on Nunes, um, they brought on Harvey Elliott. They made aggressive changes. And they even brought on um um Kwanzaa for his debut. And my God, did he do a good debut? He, he did a great amount of time, but he had a great, great game. I think I've got a theory on this. I think it's because how is kind of Klopp's bunny at the minute, uh, to use a cricket in parlance. Klopp always finds a way against Eddie Howe. Uh, with this win, Klopp is now the first Premier League manager to win 11 consecutive games against another manager in Eddie Howe. Um, some, you know, it just sometimes happens in sport. It could be that Eddie Howe, they were ahead in the game and he was just maybe overthinking it a little bit. Maybe. Um, but, um, you know, I, I compared Newcastle to Atletico and I, and I stand by it. They were, they were a very gritty team, shall we say. Indeed. Um, Darwin took, took both his goals really, really well, though. And um, Salah had a good game as well. Alisson, great save as well. Phenomenal save. Absolutely. And I'm going to break the rule and just say that Darwin Nunes has scored as many goals in his first 45 appearances for Liverpool as Luis Suarez did. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Right, Dan. So that's all 10 games rattled through. Now, you have set yourself homework already. You decided to um, invest some time in putting together the volley team in a week. So, who have you put together, sir, and why have you done it? Yeah, so very quickly, my idea was, and this was just on the commute uh, this morning, uh, was to make an, a team of the week based on one player per game. But I do get a wild card because you need 11 players for a team. Uh, I've gone for a 4-3-3 formation. In goal is Jose Sarr for his performance against Everton. I think that's self-explanatory from what yep. we said earlier. At right back, again, self-explanatory, is Matty Cash. Centre-back, Joachim Anderson from Palace. Yep. The other centre-back is where my wild card comes in. I had to take a central defender from the only team to keep a clean sheet. So I've gone from uh, for Max Kilman from Wolves. Nice. And that's also by virtue of the fact uh, Craig Dawson got sent uh, got a uh, yellow card. So that was the deciding factor. Uh, left back, I didn't get to mention him in the um, in our sort of rundown of the game, but I've gone for Yasser Larousi. Uh, for Sheffield United, because he had to come on to an absolute cauldron. I think he did very well. And yeah, and I've got a lot of time for him, from a Liverpool player, of course. Exactly, and that's where the bias kicks in. Centre-mid, <laughs> so, uh, centre uh, first centre-mid, James Ward-Prowse, yeah. from the from West Ham. My other centre-mid, Pape Sarr, totally. and then Bruno Fernandes, because uh, we didn't mention him much, but he, he had a much improved game from the week before. And he did. He did. He looked he was, a bit more was, of a leader. He was a, a teenager, was he? 
Yeah, exactly. And the front line will... There's only one that may surprise you, and it's because I had to pick a left winger, and I wasn't quite sure how to do it. Uh, on the right wing is Raheem Sterling, yep. self-explanatory. Centre-forward, Darwin Nunes, self-explanatory. And on the left wing, despite his balls up to concede the first goal, I've gone for Bakayo Saka. That is a pretty awesome um, <laughs> 11, to be fair. Um, if I if I had a press you um, off the bat, that sort of thing, who would you put down as your manager of the week? Uh, David Moyes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great game plan. Great, great <laughs> game plan. One could argue right now the Blackburn manager um, at the club moment. What score is it now? <laughs> seven. Blackburn is seven nil up at Harrogate. Poor little Harrogate. Bless him. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, mind you, one, one could also say um, the old Gary Neville, Nicky Butt, um, Roy Keane, Phil Neville, all the people who own Salford City, who knocked out <laughs> Premier League opposition to um, make the champion, champion, championship opposition. Oh, oh yes, of course. I keep forgetting they're not Premier League anymore. Leeds United. Stop um, rubbing it into the Leeds fans. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so they're into the third round for the first time ever. But the, the draw would have been done later tonight. I, it's a great, great um, weekend of football. A lot of good goals, a lot of good action in general. Um, obviously, next weekend, um, we will be covering the last weekend um, before the international break and Matt's break before he goes to America. <laughs> you not mentioned that. <laughs> no. um, and so next weekend, we will be covering uh, on this show... We'll be covering Luton West Ham, which we are covering also uh, live on the SGP World Media uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be covering Sheffield United, Everton, Brentford, Bournemouth, Burnley, Tottenham, Chelsea, Nottingham Forest, Man City, Fulham, uh, Brighton, Newcastle, uh, Crystal Palace, Wolves, Liverpool, Aston Villa, and Arsenal, Manchester United. Um, I need to issue a correction. I was looking. <laughs> I was looking at something else when it came to West Ham. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking at. I apologise to the West Ham fans. I was thinking, no, we're not playing them yet. You know, you you are playing them the week after the international break. I apologise. I apologise. Early for um, a double game week, there, Matt. Yeah. Um, right. So, guys, we will. Be um, we'll be back next weekend. Um, probably around about Tuesday-ish, hopefully. Um, get things out ready to go. Um, myself and Dan, we be back on Friday. Uh, with Connor, um, for West Ham visiting um, uh, Luton Town, followed by um the dead day window closing, and uh, we'll be wrapping up everything that's been going on as Blackburn slam in their eighth goal of the game. Jesus. Why isn't that on TV? <laughs> and, there's, and there's still another 20 minutes to go on the clock. Oh, poor little Harrogate. Anyway, so, yeah, we, um, we're going to leave them to their to unfortunate misery. We are going to go and uh, put our feet up down for, for in the next couple of days. We hope to see you guys on the volley. Um, on behalf of myself and Dan, that's full time. We're out. <laughs>